Welcome to the Mother Earth News and Friends podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Brinzy. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A, Chick Incubation Specialists. They've been focusing on egg incubator design continuously since 1976, resulting in egg incubators, chick brooders, and incubation accessories. They offer unparalleled practicality, reliability, superior hatch rates, and healthy chicks. Innovation you can trust. Hello, I'm Jessica Mitchell, one of the podcast editors for Mother Earth News and Friends. For the next few episodes, we'll be covering all manner of fowl, such as prairie chickens, turkeys, and pheasants, and inviting some of our friends to share their experiences and tips on managing and utilizing these birds. In this episode, we chat via Zoom call with Sherry and Mike Spivey about turkeys and how to raise them. Sherry and Mike, who are business owners and hobby farmers, have been raising heritage turkeys for years, and they share with us the ups, downs, ins, and outs that come with caring for these birds. This is Mother Earth News. I'm Jessica with Mother Earth News, and I'm interviewing today Mike and Sherry. So I'm going to hand it over to them in just a moment, and we're going to be talking about turkeys today. So you can go ahead and introduce yourselves for our listeners. Hi, I'm Sherry. Um, We have been on the farm here in Tennessee for almost seven years, and we kind of late in life to get into the farming stuff, but have uh, voraciously read everything we can get a hold of and a lot of stuff from Mother Earth News. So we're glad to be here today. My name is Mike. Um, again, I'm just kind of the Sherpa for the expedition here. So it uh, uh, it's been an, it's been an adventure. You know, again, I, I've had a little bit of farming. You know, in the my, my parents grew up on farms, so um, not to the level that you know we're at. Uh, much bigger. They had tobacco and uh, other types of livestock. But so for us, this is kind of like a hobby farm. We have yeah. we have 20 acres total. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we can 10, 10 acres is woods, the other 10 acres is pasture. So what are some of the things that you do on your farm specifically? Um, well, we've got raised beds, uh, we've got fruit trees and uh, lots of blackberries, asparagus beds. We tried to do a lot of perennial type vegetables that um, fruits and vegetables. Um, we do some wild foraging occasionally. Uh, have learned a lot about what's available in our little section of woods. Um, we have lots of wild things that are good to eat and gather. Uh, we also have chickens, which, which is what we started out with the first year we were here. They were mm-hmm. our gateway poultry. And then we uh, bloomed into some ducks and some geese and turkeys. Um, the turkeys, are uh, initial turkeys we got were a gift from a friend that Mike had done some work for. And uh, he had heard we were interested in them and, and brought us uh, eight poults. That was what yeah. we started with that first year. So the, we've got mostly fowl, a couple of horses, um, no larger animals. I do dog training and uh, I judge dog shows. So mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time with my dog. So larger animals are just not um, not in the equation for us right now because of the the we would need a, a livestock guardian Mm-hmm. to take care of them. And I don't want them interfering with my German shepherds. So mm-hmm. it's, um, 
it, it's a little bit of a balance here with what we do, but um, we like growing, uh, growing our own food is basically mainly for us, not for uh, public consumption. So when we farm, we farm for, for our, our own, uh, our own food. So, cause you had noted that you started the farming lifestyle a little bit later than potentially what other people would, when other people would normally start going into it. What were some of the main reasons that you decided to start a farmstead? Well, I had grown up in rural areas in Florida when I was a child. And due to development, a lot of that, uh, that lifestyle has disappeared. Um, Mike worked out at the Space Center for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And we just always wanted to get back to a more rural area. Um, and I've always liked growing my own vegetables and always wanted chickens and some ducks. And, yeah. I, yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the self-sufficiency. Yeah. Um, you know, markets can be volatile. And I think this past year, we've seen how volatile those markets can be and how tenuous, you know, a supply chain is. So we're, um, you know, we're, we're beef because there was a shortage of beef in this area for a while. You couldn't, you couldn't find meat in the, in the local grocers. And we were able to, we didn't have to worry about it. We had, you know, our freezers freezers are stocked full of poultry. So, and you know, we're big chicken eaters. So, um, and poultry eaters, so it doesn't bother us. We don't, you know, we don't get tired of, of, of eating that. So, um, I think that was, that was another main push to be able to have that. Plus, you know, there, there's something, um, I guess, uh, romantic about being able to go out and get your own eggs, you know, because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what we had. We had, we had layers, we had meat birds and, and those, the combination of those pretty much allows us to, to be really self-sufficient for any protein intake that we need. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we look, yeah. And then we can can, you know, we have tons and tons of wild blackberries. So every summer we load up the freezer or I can and make jellies and things. So we always have some fruit or some food somewhere yeah. in the house that we've grown. So yeah, we have we have yeah. pears, apples, um, and peaches. Yeah, in our trees, we're that that tends to be a little problematic just because of the nature of the weather up here being so unpredictable. Um, peaches don't do real well up here, um, mm-hmm. but we also have blueberries, and then we have you know strawberries in the garden, and yeah. you know in addition to the wild blackberries as well as some domesticated blackberries, we're you know and whatever we don't eat or that's um, spoiled or it's not edible for human consumption, that goes into the poultry, so it just mm-hmm. goes back into feeding mm-hmm. feeding them. So it's kind of a yeah, they yeah. that it, it's kind of nice to be able to do that. You can you can throw chickens know, will eat just chickens about chickens will eat anything, and we're and tur- fine. turkeys tur- will too to turkeys a point. Turkeys too, they, they have to be in, in a group. If you've never, a lot of people will raise one or two turkeys. I think the most we've had is fifteen mm-hmm. at a time. So we're we're really small turkey producers, mm-hmm. um, but they are like a pack of dinosaurs. They will go through and pretty much level out all the bugs and we had yeah. a we had a downed tree that was rotted they got in there and mm. turned that over and ate all the bugs and all the things from mm. it was it was crazy to watch them go but they do look like dinosaurs coming through the grass it's pretty crazy <laughs> yeah they, they have a large area that they can graze in yeah we have a we have a um an yep. electric fence like a it's the the netting yeah. that we can move around the pasture yeah and yeah. so that way they always get 
fresh forage. They don't overwork an area and, and they, they're pretty efficient at, at going through there. And, yeah. And so if you want to talk about turkey keeping. Yeah, um, let's do it. Let's jump in. We, um, we sort of free range our turkeys. They're not penned up at night. Um, they, they are kept in an, like you said, an electric uh, pen, which we're going to have to make some changes to. We've had some predation lately. Uh, uh -oh. We were good for everything until the bobcat came through. Oh no. Uh, bobcats are pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but for six years, they've been out on the pasture. They get to, they get to live a really good turkey life <laughs> doing turkey things. Um, they are, like I said, a pack of dinosaurs when they, we learned that you cannot keep too many male turkeys in a pen together. <laughs> they will fight over resources, females, and, um, they can be quite vicious. So we've had friends ask us, how can you raise them? Cause we've raised them from the egg. We incubate. Um, I have yet to have a hen sit on a clutch of eggs and raise them, mm -hmm. um, have them hatch out. They sit on them for a little while and then they abandon them really late okay. in the game, which is kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. You're like, they've been out there for almost 21 days. And then boom, we're like one more week. We needed 28 days. So we've uh, we've always collected eggs and put them in the incubator, and that's been our most successful way of raising poults. Okay. And then we keep them in a brooder, and you have to keep them warm. They're they're a little needier for heat than chickens are, mm -hmm. and they be born a little later in the season, so that works out well unless you have a late cold spell. So we're very careful to keep them warm until they're a good two months old. Mm -hmm. Biggest problem with turkey poults is they grow. They start out just a little slightly bigger than an average chicken, and then they grow exponentially. It's like you, you if you turn your back, they're bigger when you turn back yeah. around. Oh, wow. They get huge way quicker than you think they will. Mm -hmm. So when I say eat for eight weeks, now you've got Instead of chicks, you've got big you got teenagers. Yeah. yeah, you've got great big birds. Wow. And there's a huge difference between a turkey in a package and a turkey fully feathered and uh, with those big old drumstick yeah. legs. They're, we, they get they get really big. Yeah, we primarily have uh, bourbon reds. Okay. Heritage breed of turkey, yeah. which appealed to us, you know, as opposed to a commercial. Because if you've seen like the commercial breeds, um, they their their lifespan is so short and genetically built in to fail um that that after eight months nine months they start to become frankenstein monsters hmm. you can fail failures in physiology and, and that type of thing yeah, whereas don't. with the the bourbons you know i've got a i've got a tom out there that's probably five years old right now that he's he's in great shape he looks good he's 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 prime he's very alert mm -hmm. you know you don't deformities that happen from commercial breeds if they go too long yeah so, so the first batch of poults we got were bourbon reds and that's what um our friend had been raising and that he had done research and recommended and when we went back in and did some research too we thought that that would be a good variety for us the part that appeals to me with them is they can stay out in the pen until we would until we need one or something happens and um we did have an occasion where the males ganged up on another male 
and we went in and dispatched him and then just put him right into the oven. <laughs> so yeah. literally it was <laughs> it was the 20 minute, you know, I was like I went out, I saw how in bad a shape he was and when he's not going to survive another, you know, little while and I went ahead and and dispatched him and butchered him and and got him into the brought him here into the house so literally within a time span of about 20 minutes we had a turkey going in the oven yeah so we never we had never butchered any poultry before mike had hunted he grew up hunting and had done deer Mm -hmm. and uh, pigs and and various mammals but we had never butchered a bird before so he was kind of shocked that i was the one wanting to do the meat birds but okay Years ago, we had a German shepherd. Yeah, I mentioned I do dogs. Mm-hmm. We had a shepherd that had constant gastrointestinal issues. And I started looking into food. They wanted to give him a prescription food, and we bought a bag. It was very expensive. And um, he wouldn't eat it. What mm. just turned those up and, and wouldn't have anything to do with it. So I started looking at the ingredients in there, and a bunch of chemicals and things came across there. Um, one which is used as a fungicide in pear orchards, actually. And I thought, uh, well, no wonder he's turning his nose up at that. We can, um, let's try something different. So we did raw diet Mm -hmm. for a long time. And we, when we process our birds, we use all of the pieces. The dogs get the pieces that we aren't putting in the freezer, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The raw diet really helped him out. But in the process of researching the diets for the dogs and what they were eating led me down a path of what are we eating Mm. and how our process of butchering animals for product for production facilities um yeah we have we have complete control yeah Mm -hmm. so a lot of stress hormones that go through animals if they're not kept properly and i think i think it really affects the quality of the meat. So our turkeys live, like I said, as soon as they come out of the brooder and out of the barn, they're out in the grass, they're eating bugs, they're flopping their wings and enjoying the sunshine. And yeah, occasionally they get a little wet because they don't want to come in out of the rain, but have shelter. You know, they're turkeys doing turkey things. (laughs) But lead a, a full turkey life and then they have one bad moment. And then we eat yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have found his, so he's like, you're the soft animal person. Why are you into this? I'm like, because I feel an obligation to give, if I'm going to eat them, at least I know what they ate, where they came from, how they grew yeah. up and yeah. how they were Yeah, the eggs, yeah. the eggs aren't injected with hormones. They, the, the, the turkeys don't get any hormones. They like the, the majority of their, their food is free range. Mm-hmm. You know, pasture. We keep the pastures at a level that it, it's it, it's not conducive to predators moving in, but it's conducive enough that we have a good insect population. There's a good seed population. There's wild millet out there that they can eat, um, and they literally will share the pasture with wild turkeys. Mm. So, wow. They don't get growth hormones. They don't get antibiotics. They don't get you know any kind of the stresses that you see in a commercial operation. Yeah. Um, and and like Sherry said, they live this wonderful life. Um, and any interaction we have with them is, is humane and gentle. And then they have one bad day and that's it. And, mm-hmm. and even when we go so far as to do on, on butchering day, like with the chickens and the turkeys, we're very careful 
and and maybe this comes from from hunting and and that and and seeing processes like that but we take the the when we take a bird the bird isn't butchered in front of the other birds we actually take him out of the sight mm-hmm. the other birds so there's no real stressor and mm-hmm. we're not chasing them not you know they come over we we throw a little bit of feed we because we we wait a couple of days if we're if we know we're going to butcher a bird um or birds um we we stop feeding for a couple of days and okay. that clears the gift hours. Or, yeah minimum 24 hours so so you throw a little bit of food they come over i can pick one up and i can walk him out literally behind the barn and and dispatch him there and mm-hmm. even go so far as to put a sock over his head before we do it i don't it just it keeps them calmer yeah and, and it's less yeah it's and less there's traumatic all, yeah there's all, all kinds of around. techniques and everything else that that you'll see that people use and there's all the the, the farmer tricks and everything, but we found, we found a, a method that seems to be very quick, very humane, no stress on the animal at all. Wow. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I was curious as well. Um, so you were talking about the bourbon reds. Is that a breed that for maybe beginners, experts, uh, would you recommend it to people across the board in terms of turkey raising? I think they're pretty, they're pretty docile. I've heard of people with toms that get kind of rowdy and they're big birds. We also have geese and um, a lot of people are afraid of geese, rightfully so. They can be pretty brutal. But um, I, I think if you are comfortable with large livestock of any kind, geese or geese or turkeys are not a big problem. The <laughs> The bourbon reds, I think, are just, they're, they're a nice, docile, fairly yeah. easy to handle breed. And, and they're hardy, too. They, they, yeah. can, they can withstand a lot. If you can get them past that eight-week period and, and get them out onto grazing and get them out into the yeah, field, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty good after that. Yeah. Really, the only real threat that we've had to our birds has been predation. Yeah, um, got it. So, yeah, the only yeah. thing we've lost has been to predators. Yeah. So there are... Um, there is a disease called blackhead. If you're keeping chickens and keeping turkeys, you really need to keep them on separate forage. So our chickens free range a bit about the barnyard, but the electric wire keeps them separate. Yeah. Okay. And, and then I don't move the turkeys onto places where the chickens really spend a lot of time. Yeah. So we haven't had issues oh, with those no, no. things. I, I would say that the, the bourbon reds are a really good breed, even like you said, as a starter breed. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we started with them and, and didn't have a whole lot of problem. We, we, went, had, and we went into this cold. The, so. only, the, the only medical issue we've had with the turkeys have been, A, the turkey, the toms fighting. And then um, we just, dis, like, we dispatched the, the one that they... They pick on the yeah, most. right. Because they'll, they'll turn, if they have a weak turkey or a perceived weaker turkey, that's the one that is going to get, if he yeah. if he gets cornered, he's going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, up on them. All of the, all of the little uh, sayings about chickens and, <laughs> you know, hen pecked and those sort of things. Those are very true. Yeah. We have found. The, the, the incubation part is, is probably the most difficult. Yeah. So that's that's crucial. They're not as easy as chickens. Temperatures need to be within a tight um, margin, and humidity levels need to be in a tight margin. And 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 of course the the it has to be very clean. 
Yeah, um, the eggs themselves, if you can make sure that the brooding area for the turkey hen is very clean, that she has clean straw to build her nest in, because if the eggs, um, it's very easy for them to get bacteria and then the, the chick will develop in the egg, but they won't get to hatching mm -hmm. stage. They're a little more critical on cleanliness than I think any of the other fowl. We, we've hatched, we've hatched yeah. now ducks, ducks, geese. We haven't done geese yet. Um, ducks, guineas, chickens, and turkeys. Yeah. So we've had all of them in the incubator yeah. at one time. Or yeah, another. we got our geese as 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 poults. So yeah, mm -hmm. our first couple of goslings. geese, our first our first couple of goslings, both ended up ended up being males. So we haven't had any old enough long enough to have um, young goslings but hopefully this spring we've got some uh, we've got some females in yeah so. we've got some pilgrims and some american buffs that uh, yeah. those are really nice for geese but yeah, but that's a whole I, separate I, I i think the i would i would probably stick with the i would stick with the heritage breeds of turkeys yeah, so to do that just because we, of the hardiness we did it. have a where we got in a mixed batch you know one of the hatchery sort of mixed batch because i wanted to see we really love the bourbon reds. We've had really good luck with them. And we wanted to see some of the other breeds. Um, the white Hollands were very nice. They had a really nice size to them for meat. I'm action pretty much on any of my birds. So um, the bourbon reds, we dressed them out at the same time. A friend did some broad breasted uh, bronzes mm -hmm. and we're pretty much on uh, the same poundage. Yeah, we we're for getting, our toms. Yeah, with the with the bourbon reds, we get eighteen pounds on the females, and we can get mm -hmm. up to two to twenty five pounds on the males. Yeah. Wow. So the uh, the so. first turkey that we've ever uh, processed, he he almost didn't fit in our oven. I had yeah. to get a bigger. I had to get a bigger tray for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were big. <laughs> had to lick wow. the trick and fit him in. <laughs> Take a little bit longer to raise to to market weight, but uh, overall they were pretty easy to deal with. Yeah. I think, and yeah. you just if you're going to breed them, you have to be really careful on what you're feeding. They need a little different um, uh, profile than your typical chicken feed. Mm -hmm. It has to be higher in protein. Yeah, we use a twenty-two percent yeah. protein. Okay a game type feed yeah. and then and uh, it's hard it's hard to find turkey feed they will do fine on the chicken pellets but i don't think they're as productive for raising young on the layer pellets for chickens mm -hmm. but them to eat that's perfectly fine and we finish off with a little bit of corn the last month they really like it yeah it puts a nice layer of fat yeah we'll start them. mixing corn in with them mm -hmm. so Enjoy that stuff. So we we feed, you know, we get extra pumpkins at Halloween and we throw those out for them and they always enjoy that sort of stuff. Oh, and that's fun. Extra corn on the cob. They like that too. And it, it, they're fun. They're fun birds to raise and it's, they're fun to watch them posturing because the males are always puffing up their chests and beating their wings and uh, making all kinds of gobbly noises. Yeah. They're, they're a pretty bird too. Yeah, you know they're like a model reddish brown and white. Yeah, or um, their heads change color. You know they go from a gray to a red if they're excited, the, or a blue. I'm sorry, a blue. We wow. we did do we yeah. did do a bourbon uh, broad breasted bronze, which is um, the broad breasted mm -hmm. bronze and brown breasted uh, the broad breasted white, 
are the commercial type breeds. Yeah. And um, we, we did one hen of that, but she started having leg problems pretty quick. Mm. The we, we had one bourbon break a leg. And of course, there's no vets that will treat turkeys. Mm. So it was for our breeding stock. And um, that put her right into the processing list because we were worried about mating um, if that leg would be strong enough. But we splinted her leg. Mike reset it as best we could. And we kept her in a dog crate for about mm -hmm. six weeks mm -hmm. with know her own feed and water and hay and kept her in the barn and uh she came out yeah she was fine good. yeah you'd never known there was you'd never known she had broken her, her leg yeah oh, wow. banded her and that put her in the process because we can only keep so i can only have so many turkeys on the property just because of size they like they get quite large and they'll need quite a bit of pasture and you don't want to let them out into trees because they'll get up into the trees to roost and then you cannot get them down. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So like yeah. right now what they have um, in, in the, in the area that they're in right now, we have a, a, a tractor, you know, the, the um, that we built for the ducks mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's on wheels. And it's a frame. It's got a, a like a, a metal frame over the top of that, yeah. and then there's a tarp over the top of that to keep the sun and the rain so, off. And we can push that around the the pasture along mm -hmm. with with the turkeys. So at night they'll jump up on top of that, and that's where they'll roost at night. So they're not on the ground roosting; they're up on. Right. on and top. They, I found yeah. they don't want to be under a roof, and I'm guessing that's um, you know just a, a natural wariness for predators. They want to be able to flap about and do turkey things at night, I guess. Yeah. But they, they climb up on top of our duck and chicken tractors, and that's where they <laughs> which has made keeping tarps on top of them quite Yeah, because they'll go through tarps. Yeah. My, my, my have, local hardware store loves me. They have quite <laughs> they have quite big talons. I mean, they really, truly, yeah. when you're watching them move about the pasture, they've got big, thick, heavy legs, and they look like dinosaurs I, yeah, I, keep really, going. I don't think about the legs all the time and how big they are well oh, look, yeah, look yeah, at yeah, look yeah. at a drumstick you know when you get a turkey drumstick Very and true. that that is the one part of the bird that goes right into the stock pot you know everybody mm. does the, the classic turkey with the drumsticks tied and uh, and eat the what we found yeah. is the meat is incredibly good because there's a little layer of fat and we cook them we cook them upside down upside down so that mm. fat just is meat very right. very moist and it tastes like turkey that i ate when i was a kid yeah you know yeah. it has really flavorful turkey it's not just it is turkey consomme yeah. yeah but the legs get because we let them free range and they fly up and down off the roof and things they get so yeah. tough they get and, exercised yeah, so you're you know not, commercial you're breeds because they're locked in and yeah. they don't have a lot of room to move around mm -hmm. um they, everything stays tender on them, yeah. you know? So these, because they do move around the legs, they're a little, the meat on the leg on the drumstick is a little bit tougher. So like she said, it, it goes right into the stock pot. At, we, we use the whole bird. Yeah. We, we do, we will roast a turkey and then I set up a huge stock pot and then every piece that doesn't, that we're not eating the meat of goes in the stock pot. And then I let that cook for 24 hours with all the vegetable cuttings and things. And then that's what we will use a little right. leftover turkey, make turkey, and then the, tur turkey soup, turkey right. stock. And, and the dogs get the offal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it, all the other parts. So the only thing we don't really use as much as the feathers. Yeah. Okay. Do you know of anybody who does use them or, or how they would use them? Feathers? Um, I think outside of the craft market, you really won't find a use for feathers. Mm -hmm. um, for, for ter I mean, they're, they're really good, but like you said, how many quill pens can you make? You know, True. just so much. <laughs> And, and it's bonnets really and, hard and to thing, pluck but. feathers unless you're scalding. Yeah. Once you scald, they come right out. And um, yeah, so we had to learn how to process birds. We actually, the first, there was a local processor and we loaded them all up and took them early in the morning and then got back. He's in a bag all ready to go in the freezer, which was awesome, mm -hmm. but fairly expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second year we had already raised 15 turkeys and the processor shut down. So yeah. it's really hard. Where we were we, forced into the, we yeah. were forced into learning how to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we found a fellow that um, he was cutting our hay for a while and he had worked at one of the large processing plants. So he came and gave us a lesson on how to, um, how to do them here yeah. at home. So, yeah. So it was nice to get a good hands on. Yeah. We got, we got, actual person yeah. showing us all the pieces parts yeah. and what not to cut and what to cut and how to how to do all that yeah so. that was a that was a great I think that was a great learning experience because we did we did a bunch of turkeys and then we did 50 chickens in that day wow. yeah wow yeah it so was, it, was, it was it was a big deal yeah it was, it was a big deal day. I you know I, I, on, I as a side note I think if you know if if someone set up a, a small processing facility that they could roll around on a trailer that's a market that needs to be tapped mm. because we, we know a lot of small farmers that, that have that and they either have to do their own um, or they have to have so many that they can send it to a bigger commercial processing plant. Yeah. Yeah. But these little boutique farms, these little hobby farms don't have that luxury. So they either have to yes. do it themselves or so that, you know, like you that, said, if they had someone come in and do that. That was the hardest part. I think of, of raising the turkeys was doing the processing and, you know, we'd watched videos and and checked into various resources, but having somebody come that yeah. could show us in person was was kind of a huge thing. Yeah. Tur turkeys are a little more difficult to process just because of their size, mm -hmm. and you have to have a really huge pot to to mm -hmm. scald feathers. And we we ended up using coolers. Yeah. So it was a it, it it was a process. I mean, there's some turkey hunters out there that would probably yeah, they're laughing at us right now. But, yeah, but, but I think I think with what we had, we did pretty good. We would we would boil the water and pour it into a big cooler and use that as a scalding pot. Yeah, and then we yeah. had a big tub that we used as a chiller um, to put the meat into, tighten everything up, and then um, right from there it could go into the bagging. And we had one specific pot that we could put in bag the bag into the hot water and it shrink wraps it, and that could go right to the freezer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I said, it was definitely a learning process for us, and but absolutely the best turkey I've ever had. It doesn't compare to the store bought turkeys yeah. at all. It it's like, yeah. There's there's a yeah. definite there's a definite you can taste the difference in the meat. There's, yeah. I mean, having and we had a big Thanksgiving here um, one year, and we did both types. We did one of the commercial birds, and we did one of our birds, and it was it was hands down. Mm, yeah. Our, more flavorful everybody you know like wow what did you do on this turkey that that and, one and i didn't do anything to right. them to 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 prepare it you know people talk about brining and doing all of these extra steps we didn't do any of that i wow. didn't do anything. i wanted to see what it 
what it was before I started having to do all those things. Yeah. We didn't do anything. Yeah. There, there was absolutely nothing on it. Um, just cooked it in the oven and it, it was incredibly mm-hmm. good. I, I will say um, I, it's put me off of commercial. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will buy, I will buy another. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, I want to quick also just uh, jump topics real fast. Cause I know you had mentioned it before and I just wanted to see if there was anything else you wanted to share about it in terms of uh, predation with turkeys. Everything likes to eat turkeys. But our biggest problems are coyotes and bobcat. Yeah. Got right. It. So, yeah. And, and like I said, again, people want, you know, uh, they want to keep some of these birds for pets. And some of them can get quite docile. But we we find when we keep them in a group, they're not as uh, sociable <laughs> as, yeah, they, as they, individual yeah, birds they, are. They, they imprint on each other. Yeah. And as opposed to the humans in the, in the mix. So it's kind of a matter of, we need to eat them before the coyotes do. Yes. Given, given their choice, the coyotes are pretty happy to take as many of the turkeys as they can get in and get. And the toms will fight off a turkey. I mean, they were a coyote Um, that they will fight them, but they just don't really have anything to compare. Mm -hmm. They really don't have, you know, they don't have hooves or teeth to, to cause any damage and the coyotes yeah. will get in and work. Um, we had our fence went down in the middle of a storm and it was like they were waiting outside the, yeah, they the field and they came in and grabbed yeah. two that first yeah. night. They grabbed our first breeding Tom mm-hmm. and then um, a hen and then they came back the next night. And yeah. Once they know yeah. there's a source, then it's a constant. So you have to find something to break the cycle. To do that and if that means you have to i sat out there a whole week from from you know 11 30 at night is when it seemed to come around and i set up game cameras and that type of thing to try to find out with coyotes you have a they have a time they're on mm-hmm. a clock so they had a time that they would come in and they would try to work the turkeys um as much as they could like between 11 11 p.m 2 a.m mm-hmm. and if i could if I could interrupt that at that time period, um, that would, they would move on and find something easier to to work. They don't tend to test the electric fence. No, they, they, they're respectful. When the the electric is up and the fence is on, the turkeys are happy to stay on inside and the coyotes stay on the outside. The game camera, we saw the, the coyotes would, they would work the perimeter of the pen. Yeah. Um, but they would respect it because I think, you know, they get that nose up to try to check it. And they'd get that bit on the nose from, you know, the electrical pulse. And they would say, okay, there's too much work in this. I can go after somebody else's flock. Um, the, the bobcat was a whole other yeah. animal. So we, we he were, did the most damage. We were good for about five years. And then the bobcat put us on his, uh, on his cruise through. Yeah. And he was, he was a whole different, um, what finally worked was we put on motion activated sprinklers and motion activated noise. Mm-hmm. And that it appears that large cats don't like getting sprayed with water any more than small ones do yeah. <laughs> because that, that was finally what got rid of him. Yeah. That's that's I, we think that's what made him move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bobcats have a, about a 10 mile predatory track that they work mm-hmm. and, and we're not sure whether, 
we just happened to be on that loop at that point when he came through and he saw he had something good. But I, as much as we tried, we could not figure out a cycle of reliability to, to, to find him. Yeah. So that, that was so, why we were thinking outside of the box. Yeah. And, um, cause I, I went out there at, at, we came, we came home one day, it was dark. Um, it was about six o'clock in the, in the evening and he and was out there. He was out there. So we, we chased him off at the time cause no one could react fast enough. We chased him off, went out, set up, was going to wait for him. And then he, he would show up at 11. Then he might show up at four in the morning yeah. and then he might show up at eight in the morning. And I, you know, and then he, he didn't come every day. He would come like every two or three days, yeah. but it was okay. never the, the, the coyotes seem to come through once. A, yeah. They have, once they have a evening. pattern. They we know. A little, yeah. yeah. We know their pattern. But the bobcat just, yeah, he was just ran, totally he was random. Older. I, wow. I could stay out there all night long and, and wait for him. And at, 5 30 i would go into the house because i was just exhausted because it was cold and you know being out there all night long having and then working all day and if i would go back out at nine o'clock to check the game camera and at 5 35 is when he showed up yeah wow and wow. i did all the tricks i you know i was i was downwind from him i you know inside a shelter where he couldn't see me you know and and i knew roughly where he was coming out of the woods to come in and and, and work and he just, he, he worked us the whole time and probably took the majority of the turkeys that we had. Wow. He, he yeah. actually, my, um, my two male geese, the one goose fought with the one gander fought yeah. with him and he, he, he did not, the bobcat did not get the goose, but he died later of um, some injuries from, yeah. from fighting oh with him. So we have added this spring, we added another five geese mm -hmm. and I'm just going to expand my goose flock and we're using yeah. them for doing weeding and some other things in the orchard. And they, they've, I, I really like the geese. So, yeah. and I'm not fond of the dark meat on geese. Yeah, so as, they, as they're, they're going to just be, um, they're, they're going to be livestock guardians and, yeah. and I mean, I talked leaders. to Tennessee Wildlife and and everything just to try to get an idea of on you know bobcat. on the bobcat. What are my options? What can I do? What can I do? Um, and and we don't we don't want to use extreme methods if we don't have to. You know, mm -hmm. it's I have a fox out that that works the property that he's great. We love him because yeah. he is the most beautiful red fox. He's respectful of the wire. He's respectful of everything else. Um, yeah, and so we, we he built, just kind of uses us as a go by. When um, we built our chicken coop, we we covered every space with quarter inch hardware cloth and that chicken coop's been out there seven years mm -hmm. and those guys are great. Anybody I put inside the chicken coop, but the, tur safe. the turkeys yeah. had that aforementioned, they don't like to be pinned up at night and they don't like to be inside of a shelter. Yeah. So they've been a little problematic for us as far as keeping mm -hmm. them safe from predators. Um, we, we are going to build a new pen over this winter for the spring, and then we will get another set of poults because right now we're down to just the one Tom, okay. that, bob, that bobcat just kind of cleaned out all my yeah. breeding stock. And that was, I mean, you can't replace that many turkeys at once. So it was, yeah. um, it, it, it was heartbreaking because mm -hmm. we'd had the, the vast majority of our breeding stock, 
for almost six years, seven years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and we yeah. kennel the dogs out in the pasture as well. Yeah. Um, they have a building that they stay out. And the dogs during the day and up until we bring them in in the evening um, are usually pretty good about making Letting enough noise. Know, yeah. And there's, there's a scent, you know, out there that keeps that keeps the coyotes off. The, mm-hmm. the bobcat, like I said, he, he dances to his own drummer and, and like cats, he just, he's the boss and mm-hmm. he knows when to come, when not to come, you know, where the best spots are, where the breaks are. Um, he doesn't care. He's, we've, I've literally caught him jumping the fence on, on film or on game camera yep. where he's, he's jumped a four and a half foot fence and I mean, cleared it with plenty of room to spare. Yeah, so wow. if you're, if you're keeping any type of foul, it, making their pen as bulletproof as possible, which can be difficult when you're dealing with large birds is the yeah. problem. Um, the Having a game camera so you can see what is getting in and where they're breaking your defenses is kind of critical. I think the, the two game cameras yeah. we bought have paid for themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, it kind of gives you information on how to, best deal with them yeah i mean adding the 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 only problem with the motion activated sprinklers is freezing temperatures because you have to put them on a hose right so they they work great probably nine months out of the year here but there is a period in the winter when it when yeah we have to pull them in and it can't and that's where we seem to get it's early spring where we're still getting freezing temperatures at night yeah and if you think about it that's when the predators are our worst anyway because they're cold and they're yeah they're 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 getting ready to to throw pups or throw kits that type of thing aerial predators we haven't had a problem with aerial predators um um, on the turkeys, um, the, I think they're just too big, you know, for, for them to worry about. They've, we've seen them take, I've, I've had hawks take ducks and falcons come in and take chickens. And, and, get, and the guineas and, are and guineas. Yeah. Guineas take a beating here too. Um, but they, the, one of the things that I did to compensate for that was I was throwing cracked corn out for crows and the crows were coming in and they were kind of like my defense system against the hawks. Cause if a hawk or an owl moves in where there's a bunch of crows, the crows will chase them off. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, so we kind of use, like I said, we're. I I don't want to use all the methods that are available to me. I want to use the best methods that work, so that we're in in sympathy with and and in sync with natural yeah. ways and, and of doing we, it. And we do have a full time job. We own a mm-hmm. screen print shop. We do t shirts, and um, we're artists, and so we wear a lot of hats around here. But staying up all night trying to protect um, livestock, yeah, livestock I can't do is, that. is yeah, it's darn yeah. difficult unless we know if there's a specific predator coming in. Yeah, so that, that's there's things that we try to. The, do, yeah, that's got to be the hardest part of keeping any poultry, all of the heavy meat breeds, whether it's ducks or turkeys, chickens, they have zero defense against the the predators that want to eat them, and everything wants to eat mm-hmm. poultry. <laughs> in my experience <laughs> yeah but and turkeys are big poultry so yeah so yeah as, yeah as much as they poof up and and they act huge and tough they can't they can't deal with dogs yeah. and um we're fortunate here we don't get um domestic dogs as a problem because that that can be that's that can a, be problematic that's a huge yeah. issue yeah. if you have neighbors that let dogs roam Rome. so and we've had some dogs cut through the property and they've been pretty good about not staying for any time. They might get interested, but they seem to move on. Or like I said, my dogs will make a noise, 
I can go out, investigate, and, and shoo them off. Or if it's, you know, if they have a collar, I'll, I'll pick them up and try to get in touch with the owner and, and have them. And, and my, the couple of farms that we have around us that do have dogs, that type of thing, um, we were very clear when we said to show that, look, we have German Shepherds. Yes, German Shepherds look like coyotes, especially ours, because ours are a European, European line of Shepherds. So they look, they don't have that, that typical German Shepherd look um, that don't, please don't mistake ours dogs for that but our our dogs don't yeah they don't they don't free range the property so we're not too worried about that but (laughs) we've also said you know and i've talked to him said if your dog comes on my property and eats my birds as a result you know i'm going to charge you i'm not going to make a big deal about it but i'm going to charge you what i would have gotten for a market price for that bird Mm, plus that's out of our freezer right plus to replace that bird Right. So, you know, the market price for a 25 pound turkey is 60, $80 for a, you know, like an or- organic turkey. Um, I'm going to charge you $80 and I'm going to charge you the price to have a new pulse shipped to me to replace that bird. Yeah, but we haven't, mm. we haven't had it. Yeah, we haven't had that so problem. It's, it's and they, and they've been very good. That's the one thing I guess to, to make my point is that they, they accept that and they're very good with that because these are community in this area that we're in. Absolutely. Brinzy products are designed to be long-lasting and energy efficient. Their advanced series incubators and brooders feature the latest state-of-the-art digital control systems, providing instant readings of temperature and humidity to ensure successful hatches and healthy chicks. Check out Brinzy incubators and more at www.brinsea.com. So that's another good topic, though, is raise. I, I see this a lot on forums online, dogs with poultry. Mm-hmm. And I have four working line German Shepherds. They look like police dogs because they have siblings uh, that are police dogs. Um, our dogs are raised. We raise them with the birds and the birds are ours, <laughs> not yours. You can show interest in them. You can check on them but we are not allowed to chase them and we are not allowed to eat anybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get to eat them when we butcher, but not until then I get to make those choices, not you. Yeah. So it's, it's a matter of training the dog. If you just let your dogs loose with fowl, you're going to be heartbroken mm-hmm. and there's going to be chaos. Dogs inherently want to chase fowl. They're loud. They make lots of noise. They flap. Um, they're crazy. So we let our dogs out and we go for a walk around the property daily. And there is at some given point in time, a chicken or a bird flopping and flapping and squawking in front of them. And they just walk right on by them. It's totally possible. Our dogs are as driven as you can get. And they really, you know, if left to their own devices, they would chase them down and until they caught them. Mm-hmm. But we've been very specific with them from day one. These are not your concern. So my one nine-year-old shepherd female, she wants to mother all the little birds that get raised in the brooder on the porch. She wants to go over and check on them. If they peep, peep too loud, she wants to go over and nudge them, which is terrifying for the birds. So, <laughs> but she's she's more mothering them than wanting to eat them and that's we've been very specific with our dogs that that's not 
acceptable. We do have a new dog. We have a small Corgi and he is a, you know, they were bred to herd cattle and he very much thinks he wants to herd the geese. So it's going to be interesting this coming spring. Yeah, he, he may get his, yeah, he may get his lesson. You yeah. may just let the geese give him the lesson. Oh, yes. <laughs> but uh, like I said, we, we haven't used anything real, you know, we haven't used any compulsion on the dogs to get them not. We just basically. Training. And, it's and just good do, training to make sure that just, they understand you. this is not yours to play with. You do not let the dogs free with the birds until they yeah. understand mm -hmm. that they are not their concern and they have to yeah. leave them alone. Yeah. Cause you'll, you'll see stories of, you know, like, Oh, you know, Rover ate Megan, the chicken, you know, and it's like, well, Megan, the chicken shouldn't have been out when the dog was out at the same time mm -hmm. and don't aim your food. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we have a very specific rule here on the farm, not to name any of the poultry because ah if you name something and it is your favorite chicken, that is the one that is going to, he's the first. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, first to go. He will fall afoul of an, of an owl or a hawk or mm -hmm. a fox or a coyote or mm -hmm. something. will yeah. nab them. So we we started out right away. We're like, nobody gets yeah. names. You can, you can maybe have a favorite one, but don't give yeah. it a name. Are it's geese or pets? Yeah. So we don't care. We, we name the geese, mm -hmm. but the, the ducks and the chickens and the turkeys. No. Yeah. And we've sw switched over ducks to, to egg laying ducks instead yeah. of meat ducks. I, I just didn't find, I liked the meat enough to mess with uh, processing ducks, them. Yeah. yeah. But so duck eggs are the bomb. Duck eggs are great. So. Yes. I've heard about them. I've actually not tried one myself, but they sound good. And turkey, turkey eggs are good too. Yeah, but, turkey eggs. Yeah. But generally, we put all of the turkey eggs in the incubator, so we have a good shot. I I have found the incubation rates on turkeys are not as good as my chickens and ducks and other species yeah. are. They're a little. I I don't know if it's because they go twenty eight days and there's something that happens in that last week because we've had we've had ones that develop yeah. fully but just don't get to the hatching stage. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to a couple of people and that can be a bacterial issues. So we're, we're revamping some of our thoughts on that. And a friend also, we, we got, we actually shared some poults the first year we raised them with a friend and she's been doing turkeys too. And so um, we kind of go back and forth. If one of us has a good hatch year, we share. And then if the other one has a bad year, we share. So it kind of works out well to have, it works out well with turkeys to have friends with turkeys is what we've yeah, found. That's yeah. a, that's a for, good idea. for mentoring and for sharing. So if we want to order new stock in, um, there's usually high minimums on turkeys and it's like I said, hard to raise large scale turkeys. Um, and anything, I think for a small homestead, half a dozen, seven, eight turkeys is a a huge amount of turkeys right. to have on hand. Right. They, they mm -hmm. eat a lot. <laughs> so they're expensive to feed compared to chickens. Um, they, they do yield a lot of meat, but yeah. it is, it is probably dollar for a little I more think expensive. We were going through, them. yeah, we were going through 50 pound bags of feed during the winter um, when there was no, you know, forage for them um, about a week, yeah. one, one bag a week. Yeah. Wow. Um, so if you tried to do that, on a, on a bit that's and and you know that can be that can be expensive in the long run yeah. um 
but that's like I said, that was just enough to get them through the winter. We like to keep, we like to get down to breeding stock for winter and then in the spring we bring in poults and then raise them to butchering age, which is around Thanksgiving, Christmas is um, usually by the mm -hmm. time we process the last yeah. of them. We did, we did find there is a market. Um, if like, if we wanted to expand a little bit that people would probably come and buy our turkeys, but it, it seems that there's that trade-off of like, yeah, we'll buy it, but you have to process it. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, and again, so now we're like adding something that we really don't want to do. I, I think um, we do it because we have to. I don't know that I want to say, hey, yeah, I'll go ahead and do your turkey and, you know, you I have, come and pick it up. But. I have sold turkey poults. I won't sell hatching eggs just because there's been, and the number of people I've talked to in turkeys, quite a few have the same problems. They're, they're just not a, I can put 15 chicken, 20 chicken eggs in the incubator and have 18 to 20 hatch. <laughs> I, we've got really great rates on, on yeah. chicken eggs, but turkeys, and I don't know if it's because the eggs aren't fertile. You don't want to bust them open and see, but um, usually first thing in the spring, we'll look at one or two yeah. and look for that bullseye. And after that, we just put them in the incubator. So mm -hmm. not sure if all of them are fertile, if that's what causes the problem. I, we have opened them up at the end, which is be very cautious with that because they get kind of stinky <laughs> if they've gone bad. Um, just to see what, there's a bit of experimentation when you do farming. If, if you lose something, you want to dissect it and take a look and see why you lost it. Mm -hmm. Fowl can be difficult and they, if they're ill, they don't show you they're ill and there aren't vets that really will. Yeah. Do, the do vets here are like, eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't want to eat it if I don't know why. I don't I know why it died. No, just yeah. go ahead and eat it. It's yeah. okay. Really. Um, <laughs> we, we had a goose, we had a goose with an inner ear infection which we think is what happened. We put her, him on antibiotics and um, we got him through it. Um, we thought for, we were gonna lose him. It was kind of hit, hit and miss, but um, we threw several things at him and yeah, thinking, yeah. thinking he may have had an inner infection. He couldn't put his head down and eat. So um, you, you have to be a bit of a, of a vet. You have to know a little bit. You, you have to know your livestock and you have to watch them carefully yeah. because they will not show if they're Yeah, sick. that's that's the thing. I think the most one of the most important things when you're raising, especially with turkeys, is that you have to know your birds. You have to watch them every day, know their behaviors, knowing if, if there's a bird that's off, if it looks like he separated himself or if the other birds have separated him out from the flock, um, that you can start focusing attention on him, whether he's sick, whether he's hurt, whether it's, you know, it's just like. Like the right, one that was yeah. limping that had the broken leg. Yeah. You know. And we did not x-ray her, but right. Mike, like I said, he kind of felt the leg. Yeah, and I manipulated the leg, it. reset it. and You know, th there's a lot you can do yourself. You're not going to, not to sound cold, but you don't want to spend $100 on a vet visit for a bird that you're, you know, you hatched out. It does, didn't really cost you anything. Um but that's going to be a, an expensive yeah. meal at some point. So yeah. you don't want to put that kind of money into a bird. So sometimes it's better, you know, you have to learn when, when you can save them and when you, yeah. when you have to humanely dispatch something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we have a, we have a running morbid joke yeah. um, here of yeah. don't, don't, don't die, die before, before we, we can beat you. you. 
yeah. You, know, you have to have a little bit of black humor to get along with farm animals, I think. Yeah. yeah. People that don't raise livestock to eat don't understand some of that. But, you know, and raising poults can be really challenging because they are curious little creatures and they will get into trouble. I've had them inside of feeders. I've had them inside of... Uh, they, they get caught in the they darndest caught in, places. Yeah, they get caught in fencing. They get upside down in a feeder. They get yeah. hung up on, like, how, how did this happen? You know, where you just sit there and you try to reconstruct, like, how how did you possibly do this? You literally had to get yourself tangled up in all of this oh. on purpose for this, and spend, you know, 15 I, I have, or 20 minutes unraveling him from whatever he's gotten himself into. Yeah, so you try to make and, everything as uh, as – bird proof as possible but some days they yeah. they they are smarter than you <laughs> in, in stupid ways so oh. we we've pulled them out of all kinds of situations mm -hmm. and sometimes we get there in time and sometimes we sometimes don't. you don't like i said that's so, you put all that time and effort and resources into you know like hey this bird's going to be uh he's my he's my thanksgiving turkey he's going to be 25 pounds and in in three months after you've done that like something has killed him he's died whatever and you've put all that in you go I, I didn't even get to enjoy that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I got no, I got at, nothing at, out of that to at, satisfy me. I didn't even get the satisfaction of saying, oh yeah, I groomed to an adult. Yeah. He was just, uh, it was just a case of, oh, he's done. The bobcat got him. Yeah. yeah the bobcat got him. Coyote got him. Or, yeah. The other turkeys killed him. Yeah. You know, that so, type of thing. So it's, it's, you, you, you have you yeah, have to you have to like, develop a little bit of a thick Yeah. Skin. So, you know, our, like I said, our and, joke is like, don't die before we can eat you, you know, that type of thing. But, but butchering day is never, you know, it's never a good day around here because, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I, you know, it's, it's something I don't mind doing, but I dread doing it, we don't. you know, and then, and then usually afterwards I don't, I, you know, I'm done. I take a nap. We'll let know. it, we'll let the, we usually have a tomato soup or something yeah. for dinner the night after we butcher, yeah. but it's. A salad. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, it, it needs to be yeah, done. And if we if we don't do it, something else is going to right. and it's gonna be a less way less humane way of doing it. Yeah. But yeah. and I my health, I have to eat clean food. And that's that's why it's you know, it's incredibly important to both of us um that what we know what we eat and where it came from. And that's that's what got us into doing poultry. And we enjoy them most days. Yeah. I said it's yeah. it's not 90% of the time, 95% of the time, it's very it's very rewarding and very enjoyable. There are the five percent of the time that things go a little haywire. Mm -hmm. And you have to be you have to be mm -hmm. prepared because no matter how careful you are, uh, Mother Nature throws a twist in all yeah. kinds of things. There, you know, there's ice storms to deal with and making sure they have um they have the availability to have housing if they need it, uh, yeah. straw for bedding, yeah. and clean, clean, dry places to be during the winter. That's or the other thing. We yeah, we wet, found with, with turkeys weather. is that they're they're awfully resilient. Mm. Seem to do very well. So I'm not too worried about them. And even when we've had some brutally cold winters where the temperature has been in the um, the low teens or zero or, or zero here, which we 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 had it like the we had an ice storm here and we had three feet of snow. And the turkeys seem to be fine. You know, the, they, they made it through it. The bigger problem is heat. 
Yeah, the heat is the is the big thing. You'll see them. I will literally. I have a kiddie pool out there that that we change the water out um, on regularly, and I've seen the turkeys all sitting in there wallowing in the in the water and just cooling cooling off. Yeah, and you don't assume. You know, the geese and the ducks, you know, will get in there, but the turkeys. You don't assume there, the turkeys. You know, the turkeys do it. You know they're. You know they're Yeah, and you'll see them panting. Hot. Yeah. You know, they pant and, and you can tell they're trying to heat regulate because what they'll do is they'll, their feathers will open up and they'll fluff. Uh -huh. It looks like they're fluffing themselves up, but they're yeah. just, I think they're just letting heat escape. Yeah. Is so those feathers all get up on end. They pileate the feathers and, and it just, you know, it, it looks kind of impressive when you see it, but when you see them panting, you're going to go, okay, it's, it's a little bit too hot. So we try to set up a shade area that they can get under if they have to, you know, we built things with pallets and plywood and, tarps and, and that type of thing just so that they can get up out of the sun Tar tarps are your friend yeah <laughs> with birds <laughs> that's yeah. great yeah and um, then to kind of help make sure I'll, I'll go out and we'll clip the wings too mm -hmm. that's gotcha. something that we'll do too just so that they're not it, it's like birds know when they can fly and when they can't um so like with the turkeys they even with your wings clip they can flap enough to get climb up on top of the tractor to roost at night but they know they can't get up into the trees so they'll they'll kind of stick relatively close got it got it they too. yeah yeah because they can they can go pretty feral if, if yeah careful true um so one of the probably one of the wrap-up questions after covering such a great expansive topics. Thank you so much for covering all that. That was awesome. Um, I, you know, there's obviously a lot of ups and downs with raising the turkeys. And uh, uh, Sherry, you had already, I think, touched on this about eating cleanly, eating well. Um, but is there any other, you know, favorite reasons why you enjoy raising turkeys or maybe even looking back at the very first um, brood of turkeys that you had thinking of the things that made you decide to continue with that well they're they're fascinating birds right watching their habits and watching them grow from little tiny chicks all the way up to a 30 pound bird whether it's a goose or a turkey they're pretty dang impressive birds i mean they're they they just are the the size of them you know we're used to in modern life, you know, the, maybe the biggest bird a person sees is a chicken. And then when you see a turkey on that scale, they're, they're just impressive birds. I love them. Yeah. And I, they're, they're pretty comical. And they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're funny. And, and they're not, turkey, you know, dis, despite the, the bad rap they get, turkeys are really not stupid. Yeah. Once they, they get past, once they get past eight weeks, that first eight weeks, you, yeah, you, you got to wonder. Yeah. But then after that, they're pretty wily. They they scope out things. Yeah, they it, can... it's, it's fascinating to watch them um, learn their environment and mm -hmm. uh, watch them grow. I I will never get tired of raising chicks and and to see them come running at you has got to be one of the most funniest things you'll ever see in your life. You will roll over laughing when you see a, a twenty five pound turkey just rolling back and forth you know as he's running down the field at you you know to just to come up and either say hi or to get food or, or whatever so that's that in itself but it's kind of like like sherry said it's it's neat to watch them work in an area um they, they they'll line up and they'll they'll work a field for bugs and that um we've we've seen them stalk the guineas because the guineas have free range they they run around and that and we've seen them kind of like where a guinea has gotten into the pasture with them or into their pen or enclosure. And they'll try to stalk that, 
that guinea and you'll see them work in pairs and and move around so yeah, that's fascinating to watch because you say okay so this is how dinosaurs did it i yeah. think that's the the big thing is that you keep see going the, back to dinosaurs yeah. but I, if you if you keep turkeys for any length of time the parallels are kind of scary yeah <laughs> well, they, they just don't have the that uh velociraptor sort yeah of they don't talent. have the velociraptor hook but, <laughs> thankfully but, not <laughs> <laughs> they're they're still pretty they're still pretty clever um and and i think that's that's and, and they're just a very very pretty bird i mm. i think yeah uh, there, there aren't a lot of um different types of turkeys just a handful but they're all quite pretty birds the, yeah. the males are really spectacular to see and we do have a lot of wild turkeys here in tennessee um yeah we get visits by the because yeah. the the toms will call and they'll make their noises and, and over a period of time, you start to learn what's an alarm call, what's a, this is my area call, you know, a, a territorial call, um, what's a stress call, um, what's a courting call, that type of thing. And, and they'll pull female turkeys in. Um, yeah, and, we've had wild female turkeys yeah, come in to hang out with our or We tom. get males that come out and you'll see them sparring with each other, you know, they're, they're displaying with each other. So that's kind of fun. But, you know, with, with these bourbons, they're just a beautiful bird. And when compared to a wild turkey, you see, like, there's just, there is no comparison, you know, mm. it's, you know, one looks like a vulture. The other one looks like, you know, he should be yeah, the, the, difference, Louis the 14th. The, I mean, the difference just, uh, in their body styles from the ones that we've domesticated and raised for, for meat production. I mean, that's really the only reason to keep turkeys is for, um, yeah. for eating on any scale because they are big. They are messy. They are expensive to feed, so there has to be a return on that yeah. investment of, you know, any anybody that's on a farm, you only are keeping animals that can sort of give you a return, and turkeys give you a big return, but yeah. they, they are a big investment in time and energy. Yeah, and but if you feed. think about it, how many, how many days do you eat off your turkey yeah. after Thanksgiving? True. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if you're if you're eating four or five days after after that, you know, most families get, will get a they'll, they'll try to find a fifteen or twenty pound bird. That's sandwiches and salads and soup. stew and soup and everything else for a week afterwards. Yeah. So I can I can butcher one turkey and have a week with and with it's just she and I. You know, we can have a week and a half worth of of food two three meals a day and that gives and, so. and, the, and the carcass and all the leftover bits make a couple gallons of stock yeah that you know and there there is no comparison in yeah that's just done a, stock versus stuff you buy at the yeah. store to make soup with so i just get wide mouth canning jars and we put them in the freezer and i'll take one of those out and add a little bit of water right. to it and then that's what so yeah so not stock. so not looking yeah. at it commercially but looking at it personally um there's a larger return of investment mm -hmm. we, we get a lot out of a bird when yeah. it's all when it's all said and done it gives us a lot of meals and a lot of enjoyment because it's mm -hmm. it's good it's just good food there's not anything yeah. i've ever found in the market and, and there's a satisfaction of saying egg to table yeah. you know and i did that not in a plant somewhere, not, you know, on a processing line, yeah. but we did that. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, there's a feeling of satisfaction and accomplishment and pride that go with that, that I don't think you can get. You yeah. Know. I don't think as long as we're 
fit and able to grow them, I think we will all probably always yeah, have a couple we'll turkeys floating around here. Maybe not 15 again. That was a lot of turkeys. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a lot to wrangle. <laughs> and that the other thing you have to consider is free, freezer space, right? So if you get 15 turkeys and you plan on butchering 15 turkeys, 15 20 pound birds is a lot, a lot of yeah. freezer space. Yeah, we have a we have a dedicated freezer and we have two other or three three other freezers yeah that we can you know small like accessory freezers you know to yeah. refrigerators to fill up and you know after after a butchering schedule th those get filled up wow so yeah you have to be careful yeah. how many before you prep birds and so in the spring when you're looking at the catalog and you see all of those amazing chicks and things that are available question would be freezer space yeah. do how much room do you have yeah and the thing i like about the turkeys is they can stay on the hoof so to speak until you're ready to use them right so they don't get they don't go as fast as like a chicken like if you're if you're raising commercial birds you you want to butcher a chicken fairly quickly process them get them done uh, before they get tough and a turkey does not do that. You can keep them for uh, up yeah. to a year or so before you have to worry about that. And before they become an older bird that you need to pressure cook or do those sort of things with. So um, they're, they're a little more versatile, I think, than a chicken or mm -hmm. other bird. And I, they don't seem to have the health issues that chickens can, because chickens seem to get almost everything if mm. you're not careful. Um, the turkeys, I think if you're careful with your management and you're careful how you raise them, you get them past that first couple months, then they become very hardy birds. Yeah, um, not a lot of maintenance. Yeah, there, there really isn't a lot to do with them, not except feed them, keep an eye on them, and just enjoy them because they're cool birds. Yeah. Was there any other things on your mind that you wanted to add about raising turkeys? Um, make sure you have space. <laughs> <laughs> space yeah. in the freezer, space in the pasture, space in, yeah. the, uh, space in yeah. your brooder, yeah, space in the incubator. They take up all, quite a bit more room. Yeah, Even in the egg. incubator, they have bigger yeah. eggs it's than bigger uh, egg. chickens do. Mm -hmm. So they they take up more room. Yeah. Just be careful. Because yeah, because I mean, like, you go back to the refrigerator thing, if you think about it, four toms, that's a hundred pounds of turkey, four or five toms. That's a hundred yeah. pounds of meat. Yeah. 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 If you don't have the space for that, you're just wasting. Yeah. You don't want to waste anything. You don't want to waste anything. Well, so. yeah. Because if you're going to, if you're going to process something and you're going to eat it, you should make the most out of all of right. it. It's a lot of, it's a lot of energy. Right. Emo emotionally, physically, yeah. you put a lot into those birds. You owe it to the so, animal to, yep. to respect what you've done up to that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, that's why we've enjoyed raising our own birds for meat. It's just, it, there's a respect there for the birds and then they give us back food and then we raise another generation. So if we weren't, you know, if there weren't small farms all over doing that, we wouldn't have these heritage breeds that, you know, commercially bred birds are two breeds of birds, mm -hmm. the broad-breasted bronze and broad-breasted white. And there are a dozen or so other breeds of turkeys, and um, we need to keep those around. I think it's a valuable, mm -hmm. all the heritage breeds, whether it's turkeys, ducks, geese, geese in particular have fallen off the 
off the most yeah. most farms most farms don't want to deal with them and same with turkeys they're large large birds but they're very enjoyable to have on the farm i think and they're very impressive when, yeah, when I, people I come do, when people yeah. come to visit you know like oh that's cool it's a chicken that's a turkey oh my god <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know turkeys did those things. Yeah, and I, I think we're in a I think we're in a good spot, you know, with keeping like 15 birds or, or no more no more than that, because that's a manageable, you know, for our it's manageable as a part-time thing yeah. or even as a hobby. When you start getting into um, you know, 100, 200 birds, like a like a commercial outfit would need to make it profitable. Yeah, you, you know, you, to keep you the need lights a on. Lot of barn that's a that's a yeah. lot of barn, it's a lot of that's a lot of pain. Um that's a the, there's just so much that has to go into that. Whereas I, I think us again, we can enjoy our birds. We can, like I said, she she said we can watch, mm-hmm. we can see, you know what what they're doing. We get the benefit of of that. Um, you know, there is some benefit, like they keep the they keep the bugs down in the in the field. So yeah, yeah, that uh, it's a pleasurable experience as opposed to a job. Keeping poultry of any kind has been great for. Uh, for the pests on the farm. Yeah, that's what we use the guineas for. Yeah, they keep the fleas and ticks down. Um, Really keep most of the bugs in check. So it's there are benefits aside from eating them, but I'm not sure I would have them around if we weren't processing them for food. And we we take the guano and put it into the the mulch pile. Yeah. So it goes into compost. Yeah. Got it. You know, that's, that's another, that's a side benefit. That's something I guess we didn't, that we didn't mention or touch on is that yeah. that side benefit of the all, thing. all of the stuff that comes out of the brooder and all of the chicken coops and anytime we're cleaning tractors and things and tarps <laughs> that, that they roost on, all of that goes into the compost pile and mm-hmm. goes back into raising vegetables that they get to eat and we get to eat. So um, it's a kind of it's and that it's, pasture that they're in is a very rich pasture. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a lot of poop in it. <laughs> Eventually, somebody needs to grow some vegetables on there. Yeah. The other side benefit is that if you throw them corn and uh, various seeds and things, you get all kinds of um, volunteer vegetables. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we've, we've we've, we've we, found we, we've pumpkins and squash. Su- su- pumpkins, butternut squash. Yep sunflowers we had a whole sunflower garden that we never planted we never planted it (laughs) oh my gosh it was amazing we had this huge patch of sunflowers they were gorgeous yep and we give we we supplement them in the winter we give them you know the the high high oil content seed sunflower Sunflower seeds seeds, yeah and black oil sunflowers yeah and then in the spring we uh wow we have a whole garden (laughs) and and the, the local birds loved it i mean we were getting goldfinches and cardinals and you know, blue buntings, indigo buntings, and 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 then they else drop down it. seeds, and the turkeys eat them, and then we have yeah. a new patch in the spring. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> we, we, we've had, we've had pumpkins. Yeah, we've had pumpkins show up out there, and wow, and I've never planted a birdhouse gourd on the property, and yet every fall I end up with a whole patch of them mm-hmm. from somewhere, and that goes out to the from. turkeys and the chickens. But yeah, so wow. yeah, it's kind of cool. It, it's just the cycle of life around here. That's how yeah. It goes. <laughs> I, I think it's a it's an unused that we found here the um on one field that we have is just it's just loaded with clover it's just thick 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 with clover and we're like wow i mean just to have that much clover in one field and then we found out that the guy that we bought the property from used to take clover seeds and put it into a sheep feed because he had sheep on the property oh yeah so you so get these they, little they fertilized pellets the whole... and they seeded that whole pasture out there with clover so it wow. was just 
in the spring, it looks like it snowed because there's all a little white clover sticking up. Yeah. So yeah, it's great for the bees. They yeah, the bees it. love it. And... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, you gotta it, when you have a small farm, you have to work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Just let mm -hmm. let them do the planting for you. Apparently, yeah, it yeah. works out pretty good. <laughs> and and I think we spend too much time on you know the commercialization of farming. Like I said, they people want to come in and they want to they want to use severe eradication methods to their predators rather than think how can I best use the predator's behavior against himself so if like the if he doesn't like like it, there are times we go out there in the field and you'll see reflective tape and cds spinning in the wind and I've got owl you know the fake owls up in there um the corn to the crows to keep the aerial predators off and they do a great job um good defense is the best offense so you don't have to to go into that so I think that's that's a big plus to a small thing like this is we can kind of get away with that. We don't have to use, you know, big fertilizers and everything else. Mm -hmm. awesome. But anyway, I think we've talked your ear off about turkeys and oh no, you're, awesome. you're totally fine. Our, our listeners are really going to enjoy just hearing all the stories and advice and everything. We, we knew, we knew absolutely nothing about turkeys when we got started and we were lucky we had a mentor. So the first turkeys were a gift from somebody that had raised them and knew a lot about the breed that we got. So he was very helpful to us mm -hmm. getting started and, um, and just our perseverance because we enjoy animals a lot. It's worked out well. Yeah, it has worked out well. We, we've enjoyed having yeah, them. Yeah, it's very satisfying. And like I said, all the visitors love the turkeys. And, you know, they comment on them more than the turkeys and the geese. Yeah. It's just the scale of the bird. The, they can't help being impressive. Yeah, we've had a couple of neighbors say, big. can I bring my kids over? Uh, yeah, meet your turkeys. Meet your turkey. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, treating them respectfully, they've always been very good for us. So yeah. I'd, I, I, like I said, I've heard some stories of Toms that get kind of rowdy, but our, our bourbons have always yeah. been really good. We're good. <laughs> we treat them right, they treat us right. Yeah. That concludes our episode on turkeys. Thanks for joining us today. Once again, I'm Jessica Mitchell. Our podcast production team includes myself and Carla Tillman. Zach Slayton provided our music. The Mother Earth News and Friends podcast is a production of Ogden Publications. Thanks again to Brinzi, our sponsor for this Mother Earth News and Friends podcast. You too can experience the Brinzi difference and maximize your hatch rates with Brinzi incubators that monitor temperature and humidity and are made of antimicrobial materials. Brinzi ships worldwide and provides stellar customer support to answer all your questions. Hatch your chicks with Brinzi, the leader in innovative incubation research. Learn more at www.brinsea.com. Thanks again for joining us, and don't forget to love your mother. <laughs>